0: (laughs) All right. Now, everybody's been watching the news and see all this horrible uh, war situation in the Middle East. And, you know, as pastor, I feel obligated to make some statements about it. I'm not going to get political. I'm not going to, you know, run one group of people down over another or anything like that, uh, because there's just no need in doing that. Everybody has their own opinions, you're entitled to them, and I'm not here to try to brainwash us into anything, amen? But there are scriptures that speak to our heart, and so the question is not in this world, the question is not, uh, you know, I well, I don't know what the question is not, what the question is is how are we going to react? In other words, we can't control circumstances. We can't control everything. There's some people that try to take their faith and their prayer and control an area that they don't really have any jurisdiction over. And uh, so they're frustrated when things don't work out like they wanted, but you didn't have any jurisdiction there anyway. And so why waste breath and faith and prayer on something that you can't change? But what we can do is decide on our own posture how we're going to react. Now, prayer changes things. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that United, if the um, Christians pray about the situation in Israel, that it can't make a difference. It does make a difference. Amen. How many believe that? How many believe God hears and answers prayer? Amen. Amen. But you have to understand, too, that, the place you have a 100% authority is over your own personal life. And then there's some authority that you might have within your immediate family, your marriage and your family. And then it gets it gets uh there's some authority that the pastor can have with church members, amen, and uh as long as they're consenting to his authority in their life, if they're fighting it, then uh I don't know if he do a lot of good there, but you get beyond that and, uh, it gets a little thin as to what you can actually, uh, change. But, uh, that's another, that's another, uh, sermon. What I want to announce right now, and this really is not directly related to the sermon today, but it's a mini, a mini sermon before the sermon. Okay. How about an, an, a, a tidbit before the main meal? That's called an appetizer. Amen. We'll have an appetizer. Get us going, salivating before, you know. Uh, and so what are we going to say about this situation in Israel with Hamas and, and now I think this morning they've discovered that Israel is now fighting the second front on the north. Hezbollah has attacked them from the north. So now we've got an attack on the north and the south. And what to, to say about the, 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 the atrocities and things that we're hearing. Uh, and I found a scripture that speaks to our hearts right now. How many would like to be encouraged in this? It's not a lot to encourage watching the news, is there? But you'll see in Psalm 37, verse 1, let's read that. Fret not thyself because of evildoers. So one thing you don't want to do is get into fretting and worrying and uh, in fear they're saying that with some of these demonstrations that there's some violence that's broken out. You know, the biggest one's in New York. Um, but they targeted other cities. They said they've targeted other cities um, where there's a lot of Palestinian and Jewish population trying to live together. And one of those cities, in fact, the largest concentration of Jews in the United States is in Miami. And uh, so that's in our state. We have some authority there. Amen. Yes. Praise God. But we can pray. Um, New York is is right up there also, New York City. But um, we can pray about anything that happens in our shores for sure and pray as the Lord leads you otherwise. But notice the first thing is fret not by self because of evildoers. Neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity, for they shall here. Now here's the prophecy about evildoers and workers of iniquity. How many think can see that we've been having that going on? Yeah. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the uh, green herb. Trust in the Lord. That's where we're going to put our trust. Amen. "'Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Trust in the Lord and do good, so shalt thou dwell in the land.'" Now, this is talking specifically about Israel. "'So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily thou shalt be fed.'" That doesn't sound like a, a besieged situation where all the supplies are cut off and everybody's starving in the streets. "'Delight thyself in also in the Lord.'" and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. Praise God. Commit thy way unto the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth thy righteousness in the light, and thy judgment as in the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Amen. Trust in the Lord. Rest in the Lord. Have peace. Like peace, man, peace. Amen. (laughs) Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Uh, Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices to pass. Well, I think this is as current as any news item. Cease from anger. So don't let yourself get all worked up, mad and frothing and spitting and cussing. Praise the Lord. It says, Cease from anger. Let's not get angry in it. Because anger doesn't go very well with rest and peace, does it? Or trust. Trust. Cease from anger. Forsake wrath. uh, Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Return evil for evil. For evildoers shall be cut off, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. Hallelujah. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. You know, they're always making these movies, these comedy movies about um, Miss America pageants, you know, and they always have the contestants at the end of of their speech uh, say, you know, I want world peace. And it becomes almost a joke because they all have to say, and world peace. But I'm telling you, there's only one way to world peace, and that's through Christ. Jesus is the Prince of Peace, and without him there is no peace. So the idea of just going around and saying, peace, man, peace, like Tiny Tim tiptoeing through the tulips, it's, it's nice, but it doesn't go very far. And, uh, you know, they talk about negotiating peace and bargaining for peace and Paying for peace and whatever, and you notice it never comes, and if it does come, it's not very long lasting. Uh, you know, they're always patting themselves on the back about how good of a job they've done at bringing parties together. And I'm thinking, well, until they get mad again. Yeah. And then it's all over. So, there is no peace, even in your own personal life, there is no peace without Christ. Praise God. One of the things that we need to pray, boy I'm on thin ice here, but I'm going to say it. One of the things that we need to pray for is that many people that are not believers, regardless of what their religion is, will, will, will reach out to the Word, reach out through the, through the Holy Spirit and find Christ as their Savior. Every time the devil does something awful, it's an opportunity for evangelism. Can you say amen? Amen. Um, For yet a little while, verse 10, and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place, and it shall not be. But the meek shall inherit the earth, and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plotteth against the just, and the gnasheth upon him with his teeth. The Lord shall laugh at him, for he seeth that his day is coming. The wicked have drawn out the sword and have bent their bow, 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 to cast down the poor and needy and to slay such as be of upright conversation or lifestyle. Conversation means lifestyle. Their sword shall enter into their own heart and their, their, their bows shall be broken. How about that for a prophecy? A little that a righteous man hath is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholdeth the righteous. Amen. So if you start listening to too much Fox and CNN and whatever else, turn it off and read that. And declare that. Amen. Now, we prayed today on the way to church that our, because they're talking about, you know, again, threats against houses of worship and so forth nationwide. But we prayed a hedge of protection around this property, around this building, around all of our people. Amen. And you continue and you join your faith with me. Amen. Amen. Don't talk fear. Don't talk uh you know, concern, and of course we want to be smart and do all the things that we need to, but on the other hand, praise God, we say the word and the blood of Jesus prevails, amen, Amen. and uh, a thousand, Psalm 91, (laughs) a thousand shall fall at one side, ten thousand at my right hand, it shall not come nigh me, Amen. Amen? amen, all right, turn to Acts 12, I'll preach the message. Get you out of here. You can beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Acts 12, we're going to preach on the power of united prayer. Now, last Sunday, I taught on the power of praise. Amen. And uh, how much power there is in praise and that was also from a prison story. <laughs> Amen. Paul and uh Paul and Silas in jail singing praises unto God prayed, they prayed also, saying praises unto God at midnight. Amen. And uh, it says the foundations of the prison were shaken and uh, everyone's bands were loosed and the doors were all open. That's a good sermon. I won't re-preach it. It's so good, I'm tempted to. Like, you got any? You got any of that? You know, you got any of that chili left over? You know, something that was pretty tasty and good. But now I'm going to talk about the power of united prayer. And you know, a lot of people say, why is the concept of unity so um, stressed in the Word? Spirit of unity, amen. Why is that? And and The idea of communion with the body of Christ. Why is that so stressed? Well, one thing is that the devil knows that he can bring strife and division. He can weaken our, he can weaken our faith, weaken our authority, weaken our power to get things accomplished in the spirit realm. So if we're all at each other's throat and mad, we're not having it our way. Uh, it's difficult then to to join in together in prayer, amen? How do you join hands with somebody and say, let's agree in prayer when you're not even sure you want to touch them, you know? You're so mad at them, <laughs> amen, or aggravated. Uh, it's just real difficult. So one way that I think we can unite, we, listen, there's no way, Brother Hagin said that the greatest miracle in the Bible is is the scripture that says that saying pleased the whole congregation. He said that was the one and only time that's ever happened. That one thing pleases everybody at once in the same way. I don't care what you preach or what you say or what you sing, what you wear, what you look like, whatever. Uh, somebody's not going to be all that excited about it. And then, you know, I mean, there, you know, so what? Who cares? I don't really care. But. The point is that um, unity does not mean that we all agree on every single point, amen? And some things we just have to respectfully, respectfully, respectfully decide to disagree, amen? We agree to disagree, and that's fine. We don't agree. We don't see eye to eye. Fine. Praise the Lord. Uh, let's go on and walk in love, and it'll all sort out, amen? Amen. How many can see that? It's, isn't it kind of a part of maturing in life that everything, if everything bothers you and every little thing drives you up the wall, you know, you've got some growing up to do. Amen. All right. Praise God. Everybody shouted on that. (laughs) (laughs) Little more of that, pastor. (laughs) The maturity message (laughs) that packs them in, doesn't it? Next Sunday, we're preaching on maturity and responsibility. Everybody goes on vacation. <laughs> we don't want to hear more of that. It's all on God, whatever He decides. Acts 12. Now, we're going to read here about uh, the power of united prayer, what can be produced. Now, this is the New Covenant. This is the New Testament. This is since Jesus went from the cross to the throne and sat down in his seat of authority, and he hasn't moved there yet. Amen. He never will. Praise God. So this is under our um, wheelhouse, as we could say, this kind of faith, this kind of expectation. Amen. And I'm thinking about, you know, a lot of people that have, uh, we've been watching the news too, and, you know, some of the some of the uh, even Christians who are talking about their family members being taken hostage and folks need to be released, well, you know, we're going to have to believe God for some miracles there. Yeah. You know, somebody else said, well, maybe they could appeal to the terrorist and, uh, you know, that there'll be some, you know, place of mercy in their heart. Well, so far they haven't demonstrated a lot of that. And you can't be in denial and think, you know, well, I think everybody's got something good about them, or some folks, you know so <laughs> you know, so uh we have to sometimes believe God to get involved with these situations and turn it around yeah, yeah. supernaturally. So everything's not always naturally solved. And the minute that you realize that, you know, our resources are limited. What we can do financially, what we can do. uh My goodness, we get so many requests sometimes that if we handed out money to everything that was requested, you know, we, we'd have to sell the property and we'd be in the line requesting. You understand? Sometimes, and it's difficult as pastors, sometimes you have to say no to things. And it's not fun to do that, amen? It's not like... You're thrilled to say no. I, you want to say yes to everything that you can. But uh, obviously our resources, I don't care if we had $10 million in the bank, it would still be limited. It's limited to whatever that is, right? You can't just you can't just um, think that you're God. <laughs> We're not God. How many know that? We're not God. We can't. And, and it's really a little wrong for us to want to be everybody's savior. That's kind of a mental disorder called codependency. But <laughs> if we're not careful, we'll, we'll want to save everybody, ourselves. You know, we have a heart to reach and to touch and to help. And uh, it's it's good to do all that we can to help people. But on the other hand, we have to point people to Jesus, point people to the Word, to building their own faith, proclaiming what they need. Amen? Amen. Praise God. Uh, John Osteen, you know, who pastored uh, Lakewood Church, Obviously, before uh, his son is now the pastor Joel, but jo- they had a back in the old church, which was where when I was playing the piano for Brother Hagen, we did meetings there, you know, uh, about once twice a year at John Osteen's church, and it was a great big old tabernacle, well, kind of like what you see at Why Mama, you know, down at uh, the Church of God campground, and it was a it, in fact. The Mama building is way nicer than John Osteen's was just an absolute metal building with a cement floor and folding chairs. And the people just packed in there, uh, you know, like crazy. He finally built an 8,000-seat auditorium right on that same property, and it wasn't big enough. And had to go downtown to the Houston Compact Center to have seats for everybody. They run like 40,000 on a Sunday, amen, so all the naysayers can just, you know, when they get their church to 40,000, then they can talk, right? But uh, John Osteen had a prayer room there that was pretty much open to everybody that wanted to pray a little before the service, you know, pre-service prayer at a prayer room, and uh, I think they had a little background music going all the time to set a tone and dark, a little darkened lights and, you know, just a, an atmosphere of prayer. And they had a huge sign, like a banner, that said, uh, Lakewood Church is not your source. And, um, you know, seek the Lord for your answers. And I thought that was really good for, for them to say, amen. And that's what I'm saying to you here, you know. Grace Harvest Church is not your source. It's not my source. Uh, but we come together in faith and prayer, amen, to seek the source which is Christ. Hallelujah. And so it's a kind of an idolatry if we try to replace some person or institution, uh, we replace that. Does that make sense? So- we replace Christ with that. And that's idolatry at its finest. All right, that went over big too. So always sort of looking for something we can see and touch and feel. <laughs> instead of um, what we can't touch and feel and see, only by faith. Amen? All right, so we're going to read this, I promise. The Baptists are still in Sunday school, so we're good. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. That's sixteen. He's got six, he's got a tiny little militia there guarding him. Intending after Easter, to bring him forth to the people. In other words, it's going to be another like crucifixion here. This is what they're looking for. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. And this is where we get the victory right here. But, now, you know, I've preached about getting your butt out of the way because, you know, people will say, well, Jesus saves, but. Jesus heals, but. Jesus provides, but. Um, and your butt is keeping you from receiving. But here, it's a good butt, because it's, it's, it, it turns it around. Peter, therefore, if all you read was, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, and it said, how sad, how bad, awful, you would go, wow, that's a downer scripture, isn't it? But, <laughs> there is a colon there, and colons are important. In in grammar, Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. There's a colon. It means you got to pay attention to what's coming next because it it relates to what was just said. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. You notice they weren't standing outside the prison with banners and posters and chanting and cursing. And fighting, they were back in the church praying. Um, You can change things around with prayer. I tell you, um, there was a church in Milwaukee that uh, helped sponsor my amazing tent meeting there. They say Milwaukee is where evangelists go to crash and burn. Because it's it's a it was a tough town to reach, but I went right to Brewers Park and put up my tent and had a tent meeting <laughs> in uh, Milwaukee, uh, which is the heart of the city and uh, some tough areas around it with with folks that don't mind screaming. One time, there, a bunch carload full of young people drove by the tent and they were shouting "Hallelujah, glory to God!" You know they're mocking us. And I told the congregation sitting there in the tent, I said, well, at least they're shouting. Y'all are sitting here like bumps on a log. I said, maybe we can learn from the mockers, you know, how to praise the Lord in this place. Then we played the organ real wild and got them going. Hallelujah. Nothing el- if nothing else works, crank up the hammond. Praise the Lord. That'll get them going. But this pastor of this church, I, I think that, you know, I think that everybody that was involved in that has gone on, but the pastor of this church is a woman pastor and very strong and, uh, kind of, um, patterned her ministry a little bit like, uh, after Amy Simple McPherson, Foursquare. And so anyway, she had this church going and they told me, uh, they, they had a building that was nice and she said, this building, she said, um, the city council, uh, they they had applied for a permit uh, to either purchase or to renovate or add on to this building, and the city council had a couple of members that just really didn't like the idea of a church having anything. So they kept getting turned down on their request. You know, you got to go to the city council meeting and uh, present your your plan and your idea, and they kept these two people kept voting it out, especially this one uh, county commissioner or whatever, city commissioner, alderman, something like that. You know, he kept just fighting them. And so she said, and said the whole church was there. You know, they have like uh, seats, you know, for the city council meeting. Anybody can go. And said, uh, we packed it out with our congregation. They said, look, here's the congregation. They're here. This is a legitimate request. They kept turning them down. They didn't know what to do. The pastor said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're leaving here. We're going to go to the church and pray. Now, see, in our our current culture, even with Christians, the temptation is to get a poster and a banner and chant and act like the world. But she said our power is over here in our sanctuary. And we're united. And so they left City Hall and went and got in the church and prayed. And they prayed. And, and the next meeting, um, the pastor told the congregation, y'all, y'all don't come down there. Now, she didn't say y'all because it's Wisconsin. But she said, you all. <laughs> In the south, we not only say "y'all," we say "all y'all." <laughs> that means everybody that can move and breathe. Amen. <laughs> and she said, "Now you all don't come to city hall. Stay in the church and pray." And pastor, you know, her husband was also the co-pastor, like Scar- Pastor Scarlet and I. Said, "We're gonna go down there and we're gonna petition." Well, what happened in the, you want to know what happened? The guy that was causing him the most trouble, something happened and he had to be removed from office. Now, God will move things around for you if you'll stay in faith. Don't, vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. You're not the one to try to prosecute and persecute and whatever, uh, hurt, you know, hurt somebody's reputation. They just said, Lord, if there's anything in here that needs to be moved out of the way, move it. Well, he moved him. And I think he went into early retirement or something. And after that, they prayed, and their request went through smooth as glass, and they were able to go on with their vision. Amen? So instead of having everybody down at City Hall demonstrating, they had them back in the church praying. And that's when the situation turned. One amen and a groan. I'm counting. So I love that. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound with two chains. I mean, he is stuck. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him. Now, God's got a whole army of angels that are at our disposal if we'll use them. But we think that's too weird, so we don't say anything. But it says here, Behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side. <laughs> he wanted to make sure he woke up. He says he smote him. That means he hit him. The angel hit him. If you get a miracle, be careful, an angel might hit you. <laughs> he smote him on the side and raised him up. How did he raise him up? He's sleeping between this whole thing, supernatural. He's sleeping be- chained to two soldiers, and he says he raised him up. I don't know what happened to them. Saying, arise up quickly, and look, and it says, and his chain, here's the answer, his chains fell off from his hands. In other words, in one move, this angel of the Lord hits him, he's raised up, and at the sa- I believe at the same time, it's just the way English is written here, at the same, because it's and, which is a conjunctive, you know, praise God, I should have been an English teacher. But anyway, it's a conjunctive word that means that what came before it was just as important as what comes after it. It's a conjoining word. It's like beans and cornbread. You need both. So... He's rising up. The chains fell off. Probably these soldiers are awake by then thinking, what in God's name just happened? I'm supposed to be holding this guy down, and now my chains are broke. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, bind on thy sandals, and so he did. Sounds like they're getting dressed to leave. And he said unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and, 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 and wist not that it was true. In other words, he was wondering. wis not. How many times, how many times did you say that in a day? Wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. He's thinking this is a, truly just a dream. This is a vision, right? Your, your natural, Senses would say, this is not really happening, this is wild. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city. How many know that's a heavy-duty gate, that iron gate from that time frame? Which opened to them of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed for him. In other words, I've got him out where he can function by himself. Bye, I'm out of here. Now, folks, all that right there, every bit of it's supernatural. It's New Testament. You may think we sang, we talked about, I didn't sing it, but we talked about that song, praise the Lord, you know, the chains that seem to bind you fall behind you when you praise him. And it seems that you it feels like when you when you've got a financial attack, you've got a material attack, you've got a um a physical attack, mental, it feels that you're bound and there's no way out. Has anybody ever felt that way? You're bound and there's just no way out of this mess that I'm in and you feel like you're in a prison. We talked about that last week. You feel like you're in a prison, but it says here that that doesn't phase God. Really, the message is God, God can make those chains fall right off. The thing that's binding, the thing that seems so has to happen for me to pay my bills. And if that doesn't happen, I don't get that check or do that. I'm done. No, that's limited thinking. God has a, what is it one preacher said? God has a million ways to deliver you you've never thought of. Now, I don't know if you realize this, as magnificent as you feel your enormous mind is and brain, it's not as big as God's. (laughs) Amen. Amen. And just because we don't see a way out, Peter didn't see a way out. How do you get out of being chained to two other soldiers and then there's uh, 16 of them total. There's guards at the door. And then you got to go through all these iron gates and everything. How do you get out of there? He probably could have no... That's why he thought he was having a vision. He said, I don't even have an imagination to see how this could happen. But it doesn't matter. God's got an imagination. And God can change it. And God can make those iron things around your ankles and, 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 and arms fall off. And bring about things that you didn't even dream of. Amen. Apply Ephesians three twenty blessing to everything you pray for. Pray and claim the blessings of God as to and let your let your dreamer dream and let your visioner vision and <laughs> that's not a word visioner, but let your <laughs> part of you that can have a vision let that go, praise the Lord and be and be strong. Amen. But then say, Lord, now, you said higher than my uh, uh, above my highest prayer, my highest dream. I'm claiming super abundantly above that Amen. to be done. Yes. <laughs> and sometimes we look like, like, uh, like Jeff and, and Renee testified today. We look at our situation and we think, where on earth are we going to come up with the funds or the, the backing or whatever to, 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 to add that piece of equipment or to do something that can make a difference? And, and praise God, God's got you. God's got you. Like Brother David Ellis preached that time here, you know, we've got this. Amen. God's got this. What a great message. God's got it. If God's got it, I've got it. Because I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. So we don't have to just stand there and beg, hey, won't you help me? Won't you help me? Won't you help me? <laughs> hep, it means help in South Georgia. Hep it. My, my, my little grandmother, they can't hip it. So there's an L in that word. Pronounce it. <laughs> Now, let's see what happened. First of all, it says that Peter was held in... Now, I believe the Holy Spirit is not confused. And if something's written the way it's written, it's for a purpose. That we see the bad situation, the comparison. It says, Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made in the church. Peter was kept in prison, but prayer was made in the church. So let's see, do you believe that what all this happened was a result of the prayer? Now today, even in the Word of Faith movement, we'd have somebody, if they found Peter in prison, say, well, he must have opened the door somewhere for something to go bad because, you know, the Word should be working. Then they get, you know, daffy duck lips. The word should be working. Quack 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 quack. Quack, 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 quack. He's missed it. He shouldn't have been where he was. I mean, I've, just, I've heard faith people talk like that. Everything bad that happens until it happens to them, and then God help them. Then they're all whiny about it. And it's like, oh, well, Mr. Faith here was so spectacular last week, you know. Like what one preacher said, there's only two times the devil will attack you, when you're out of the will of God and when you're in the will of God. Other than that, you're good. Come on. You know what I'm saying? And we need to be careful about judging each other, too. If something happens to somebody, you don't know all the story. Well, I think I do. I talked to Betty Lou, and she knows everything about everybody in this church. Well, praise the Lord. Maybe you shouldn't talk to her very much because that's a gossip is what that is. And that's in the list of sins that include adultery and fornication. So I don't know if we want to be a part of that, right? We don't know everything. We hear something bad's happening in some family or marriage or whatever. Let's pray for them. Amen. Say, Lord, under undertake. I used to say, don't pray undertake if somebody's sick unto death, because that's a bad connection. Lord, undertake. No undertakers, not yet, please. (laughs) Some of our prayers from years ago, oh, Lord. It's a miracle we've survived. But you can see here that in verse 11, Uh, Peter was come to himself, said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. It's a good Brooklyn name, Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness. In other words, she's so beside herself that their prayer got answered that she's leaving the door locked with him standing outside. You know, just wild. Kind of like when I proposed to Scarlet I'm down on one. We're in a restaurant. I'm down on one knee with the ring box, and I'm grinding my knee into this hard floor. And 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 I said, "Stand up." And she said, "Why?" And I said, "Just stand up. Trust me." So she stands up, and I said, "You know, I I I said, uh, you know, she could see what was happening, and she's so excited." She's going, oh my God, you know, whatever. But my knee is becoming one with the tile. It's like imprinting. It's, you know, it's like parquet flooring. It's imprinting squares on my knee. And I'm down on the knee, but I realized that at my age that I wasn't sure I could ever get back up. So I'm grinding my knee into the tile. <laughs> And, and and I said, Scarlett, you know, will you marry me? And she, oh, I'm so You know, I said, you need, I need an answer here because pretty soon you're going to be marrying a cripple. So she said, yes. I said, oh, thank God, I can get up because the pain was starting to shoot up my leg. You know. Well, this was Rhoda. She's so excited. That I think and shocked that their prayer got answered uh, supernaturally that she, she didn't even open the door. So she said she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told everyone how Peter stood before the gate. Now we know that there were charismatics there because it says, uh, they said unto her, thou art mad. <laughs> Well, that's not the charismatics. That's the doubt and unbelief group. I'm saying, well, what are you doing? That's another thing. Some people pray and they don't. We're, we're charismatic too, by the way. But just saying it's a joke. Because I've seen some stuff that you won't believe. They said unto her, thou art crazy. <laughs> but she constantly affirmed that it was given so. Then they said it is his angel. Now these people are trying to sound spiritual. Oh, it's oh, it's his angel. No, ding-dongs, it's Peter. But it sounds so spiritual to say it's his angel. It was not his angel, it was Peter. Did you did they pray for Peter to be delivered or a message from his angel? And the other thing, here's the guy, he's escaped, you know, his, his jailers, and he's standing outside the house of the believers, essentially the church, at prayer, and they're so weird they won't let him in. It's like, you know, I really could be rearrested here. Maybe you should open the door. This is a hysterical story. Thank God for Rhoda. You know Rhoda from Mary Tyler Moore show. Rhoda Morgenstern. Rhoda Morgenstern. All right. <laughs> okay. Where are we? Peter continued knocking, of course, like, hello. It's me. When they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished which proves that God answered their prayer even with pathetic faith behind it. Because these people are really not expecting this to happen. They're like praying, and so often our prayer gets like that. It's a desperation. We're really praying, and we're, you know, breaking a sweat to do it, and, and every kind of prayer imaginable. But deep down inside, we're just really not so sure God's going to answer it, which would be something to avoid right here. Let's not be shocked when God answers our prayer. Let's be shocked when he doesn't. They were astonished. But he beckoned, look, look I love this, he beckoning them with the hand to hold their peace, like, I don't want to hear from you all. You left me standing out in the cold, in the dark, and now you're talking about angels that you haven't seen. And, secondly, I don't want to hear about, your, you know, your, 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 your reaction is enough to know that we don't need to hear from you right now. He declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. Woo! And he said, go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Praise the Lord. So it goes on to uh, say that, you know, um, Herod had sought for him and all, all like that. But the miracle here is that they got their prayer, united prayer, even though, you know, I'm sure somebody in that group had real faith. Somebody in that group was expecting. Somebody in that group and probably more than one, was really expecting to happen what happened. Amen? Amen. So even with doubt and belief, you know, I don't care. You get 100 people in a prayer meeting, and not 100% is going to be in faith. They're just not. People are at different, I call it, ages and stages with the Lord. And they're at different places. We have to be a little tolerant. And be, uh, compassionate. Amen. Somebody doesn't understand what we're doing. Okay, fine. Let's, let's show you in the word what we're doing and it may take you a while to accept it. You know, cause the tendency of church folks is that we sometimes, if somebody is not where we think they ought to be, well, you can't join this club because we're so deep. You know, I, we were at a meeting one time, Scarlett and I, and they were talking about this prayer group they had put together and They'd been praying for 30. What was it? 36 years? 38 years? Something like that. And nobody, nobody knew could join the group because you're not that. You're not deep enough to join it. And I'm thinking, well, then the group is doomed because if you can't reproduce, it's called attrition takes over, and people don't live forever. Amen. And so that's why the Bible tells us, and Scarlet's taught on this on her podcast about the older women teaching the younger, amen, and showing people how to, to enter into those things. And Brother Hagin used to say, I don't know what they do with that. Brother Hagin used to say, if you don't know how to pray, get next to somebody that seems like they do, and just sit by them, pray with them. Do what they're doing, amen. Praise God. Somebody said, well, I don't want to be in the flesh. Well, too bad you are in the flesh. If you're here, you're in the flesh. Yeah. Amen. In other words, we start in the flesh and end up in the spirit. Amen. Some things we just do by faith. Yeah. Don't have to have a leading. Don't have to have an unction for everything. It's great when we have it, but it's also great when we don't because the word still works. Amen. Yeah, exactly. All right. We're going to pray now for uh, our Internet audience. Amen. I don't know how many are are, are watching today online, but um, Wednesday night we had 57 join us online for service, and so oftentimes we have more people watching online than we have in the sanctuary, but it still works. Praise God. We're glad you join us. Maybe something's said that'll bless you and help you in your life. Amen? So we're going to pray today, um, and if you have a need in your physical body here, just put your hand where you're suffering. Jesus will touch you there, amen, and you'll uh, experience a, a touch of God. Uh, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, all you have to do is call on the name of the Lord for salvation. Say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. I thank you that you died on the cross for me, shed your blood for me, uh, rose from the dead for me, and, and, and interceding for me every day. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior, and you're saved, amen. Praise God, that's the born-again experience. If you want to be filled with the Spirit, you can be filled with the Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues at Acts 2-4 Pentecostal experience. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Just put your faith out to receive. And now I'm going to tell you, we're going to pray for your healing, so put your hand where you're suffering, wherever you have a need. Father, in the name of Jesus, we just reach out to the congregation here, to anyone watching, and we thank you for your healing touch, your healing power. And, Lord, we have even some uh, members uh, of the church that are uh, dealing with a physical attack. And we thank you for healing them today in Jesus' name. And, Father, we just lift them up. But those who are watching, we thank you, Lord, that you're healing them right now, touching them in their home. We co- I command in Jesus' name, blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths and... Rogue cells to just die and disappear in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, for your healing power, touching every every kind of system—digestive, circulatory, every every uh, organ and gland in the body—is being touched, including skin issues and and uh, nerve issues and and uh, circulatory issues. In Jesus' name, be healed and whole today in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you that those who are dealing with mental illness and and uh, doubt and unbelief and fear in their minds and, and uh, maybe suicidal thoughts or harming themselves or others in Jesus' name, I take authority over those wrong spirits, wrong thoughts, be healed and whole in Jesus' name. Yes. Those that have a material or financial need in their life, Father, I thank you for meeting that need in Jesus' name. Lord, we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise today, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's lift their hands and thank God for answering those prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Yes. Praise the Lord. Uh, those of you that are watching online, if you'll go to our our, um, we have two uh, um, websites that you can get more information about the ministry, what we what we do here. One is uh, graceharvest.net. You can also give through that if you want to be a part of the giving. Amen. Then the other one is hortonministries.com. Hortonministries.com, and you can find out all that we do uh, uh, as an outreach from this place. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Don't forget Wednesday night, and we'll see you later. Amen. Praise the Lord.